0: to Things We Should Have Learned in Nursing School, where I fill the gap between what you learned in school and what you actually need to know to be successful as a nurse. I'm your host, Rachel Murray, RN, neonatal nurse practitioner, professional development trainer, and SoCal Transplant, who's a Midwesterner at heart. I'm so glad you're here. Now, grab some coffee, get out of those scrubs, and let's go. Thanks for tuning in to my second episode. Today, we're going to talk about the word why, and can we really not use it? Now, if this is something that you don't even think about, or you don't even really have a problem with, that's okay, but I encourage you to keep listening regardless, because believe it or not, there's actually a lot more to say on this topic than you might think, so much so that I clearly was able to turn it into an entire episode. So what's going to happen today is first I will actually answer that question of can we really not ask why? And then I'll give you the four things that we all should be paying attention to more than our use of that word. So Here's the backstory on how this came to be an episode. A few months ago, I was talking with a friend. If you're out there listening, hi, Katie, this one's for you. Uh, She used to be a trainer with me, and she went back to nursing school, I think during COVID, and she's probably almost done at this point. And one day I was talking to her, and she asked, what's the deal with the word why? Can we really not ask it? I just feel so crazy when I try not to ask it. And I was like, oh, right. That's a thing that nursing schools teach in their communication classes. I was surprised to hear it was still a recommendation, not because I think it's a bad one. I was just actually more impressed with the consistency and the fact that it's been about 20 years since I learned it. But yeah, it really kind of jogged some memories for me. So... First, some background. For any of you who don't know, nursing schools generally teach us not to ask or not to ask questions using the word why, because it could come off as accusatory and make people defensive. So for an example, why aren't you taking your medicine? Or why did you start that supplement? Or why didn't you go to your follow-up appointment? So just questions like that, that are really basic. It's information that we want to know, but phrasing it, with the word why, or starting with the word why, could put people on edge and make them defensive. So I was taught, and clearly nursing schools are still doing this, to ask questions without using the question word why. So of course we've got who, what, where, when, why, how, and we just want to take the word why out of our vocabulary. So my friend, Katie, was asking because she feels like she fumbles her words so much trying to avoid the word and yet still gets the question out and get the information that she's looking for that she just ends up sounding really awkward. And this sparked some kind of long lost vague memories of me also sounding really awkward for kind of an unfortunate amount of time while I figured it all out when I first started as a nurse. So it got me thinking, is this really good advice or should we just let it go? So in order to answer this question, I first started paying attention to how I speak because at this point in my career, I mean, I ask questions all day long and people almost never react defensively. Not to say that it never happens, but it's really rare. So clearly something that I'm doing is working. So I started to pay attention. Do I really avoid the word so effortlessly now that I don't even realize it's not in my vocabulary or do I just use it without regret, without even thinking about it and without any consequences? So after I started paying a little bit of attention to it, the answer kind of annoyingly is both. So that is to say that I noticed that I definitely use it sometimes and don't worry about it. And then sometimes I also very actively avoid it. So I learned a few things and here's what I started with. First thing I realized, I love the word why. I love it. I love using it. It is the quickest, i.e. Fewest words, most direct way to get at what I want to know. It gets me the answers I need. So when you think about communication styles, I don't know if any of you have taken any quizzes I don't know if quiz, quiz. I'm not picturing like a quiz from back in the day of like Seventeen magazine. Not that kind of quiz. A more professional type of quiz on how you communicate. But you know, in general, there are four main ways that that people communicate. And I am, depending on which tool you're using, I am always labeled the driver or the dominant one or the direct one or red if it's the disc tool. Whatever it is. Point being, I like communication that is short and direct, and to the point. And the word why is all of those things. It gets me exactly there. What I also noticed is that there are times where I feel the situation is a little touchy. And what I mean by that is there's not a lot of trust there, whether the patient is kind of mistrustful of me or the healthcare system in general, or they're just kind of sensitive and primed to feel defensive. Whatever it is, there's not a lot of trust and the situation feels kind of touchy to me. And in situations like that, I do avoid it and I avoid it without even thinking twice because clearly after 20 years in the field, um, I've learned how to do that. Hopefully I learned it way, way, way a long time ago. But for all of you who have not yet figured out how to avoid it, here's what I'll tell you. I have one phrase that I use to avoid using the word why, and it is this, what is your reason for? And sometimes maybe a variation. What was your reason for? What is your reasoning for? What was your reasoning for? Something like that. But basically, that is the only thing that I use or the only phrase that I use to get around the word why. So what's your reason for deciding against the vitamin K injection? Oh, what was your reason for starting sub- formula supplementation last night? It's just things like that. That's the only phrase that I use. Now, this clearly isn't the only way to get around it. I'm sure there are many. This might not even be the best way to get around it. It's just the one that I've adopted. It's clearly worked for me. It feels comfortable to me. It feels normal and not robotic and authentic. And so it's just what I use. And the benefit of having really just one go-to phrase is that it rolls off my tongue without me having to think, without me having to like twist and bend my words and do all these mental gymnastics just to get around the word why. So I have my go-to phrase, I use it all the time and I don't even think about it. All right, the third thing that I realized when I started paying attention to this is that what matters way more than whether or not we use the word why is our nonverbal communication and the rapport that we have with the patients. Are we likable? Do they find us credible? Do they trust us? So nursing schools will tell you to avoid using the word why, which is great in some situations, unnecessary in others, but doesn't, in my opinion, spend enough time talking about the things that I think are much more important, the nonverbal communication and the credibility that we have. So, I mean, think about things that your best friend can get away with saying to you that someone you don't know as well can't, right? When there is a good relationship there, we can say things and the receiver or the listener won't take it so personally. They will be less likely to get defensive because of the nature of re- the relationship, not because of the exact words that we said. So here's the thing to know. Being seen as credible, and trustworthy is not a function of how long we have known somebody. It's not a function of how long that relationship has existed. I have used why questions within minutes of meeting a patient and had no problems, while there are some patients that I might avoid why questions for the entire duration of me knowing them. So there's clearly something else going on here, while longevity in a relationship can help, length of time just simply isn't the reason that we are seen as credible. And it doesn't automatically mean that that is how we'll be perceived. What matters in terms of building trust and credibility is how we behave in the time that we have with them. And what I've learned is that there are four categories that our behavior falls into that ultimately affects our ability to be seen as credible and to be trusted. And these four things I learned from Dale Carnegie Training, and I really think that this is not talked enough about in nursing school. So here are the four things that we're going to talk about that I believe we should focus on more than just simply avoiding the word why. All right, they are number one, how we look. So this is things like, you know, of course, our dress and grooming, like, are we a hot mess with our hair or do we kind of look professional? Our facial expressions, this is huge. How many of you decide or notice what your face is doing before you walk into a room? Very few of us, right? Maybe kind of the gestures or the body language that we're using, Are do we have our arms crossed in front of us? Do we not? Okay, that's number one, how we look. Number two, how we act. So that would be things like our overall demeanor, our attitude, kind of the way we carry ourselves. So do you walk into the room almost timid-like, almost apologetically? Or do you walk in with a mindset of someone who should be there, someone who deserves to be there, and has the ability to help, right? How do you carry yourself when you walk in the room? Number three, what we say. So here, of course, is where the word why fits into. So that's our vocabulary. It's the knowledge that we have, which, of course, is very, very important, right? We want to give accurate information. It might be facts or some statistics. It might be what we say in terms of if we're conveying empathy or compassion versus if we're more short and to the point. And the fourth thing that helps patients decide if they see us as credible and trustworthy is how we say it. So we had number three, what we say, number four is how we say it. Our volume, our tone, our pitch, whether we're a fast talker, a slow talker, all of that kind of thing. Basically saying, can the words we're saying be believed, be trusted, because we know if we say, let's say if, if I'm gonna tell you a story about me being really happy and my tone does not suggest that that's true, people are going to believe the tone, they're not gonna believe the word. So those four things in combination is how patients decide whether or not they can trust us and find us credible. Again, those four things are how we look, how we act, what we say, and how we say it. And notice that what you say is just 25% of that whole formula, right? There's four four quadrants. And what we say is just 25% of it. And then the word why is such a small proportion of that window. When we think of what we could say, there's so much we could say. The word why is just a small part of it. Now, I'm not saying that therefore it's unimportant. Of course it is. It's an important thing to consider. And as you heard me say a few minutes ago, I definitely do avoid using it when I feel it's necessary. It's just important to recognize that it's such a small portion of the overall picture. If we avoid the word why, and yet we don't give credence or don't pay attention to how we act, what our tone is doing, what our face is saying, how we carry ourselves, the word why, the fact that we may have avoided it, just doesn't carry its weight. It's not as impactful as the whole package. And that's what's really important here. Because what'll happen is if we spend so much time just trying to pick the exact right words, which is what most of us do, whether or not we're trying to avoid the word why, in general, most of us are really trying to say the quote-unquote right words. And we spend so much time there that we forget about the other three quadrants. We forget about all the other stuff that's required for us to come off as credible and trustworthy. So that's where I wanna bring our attentions to, are we really paying attention to that whole package? Not just whether or not we're using the word why. So here is my recommendation. As it relates to avoiding the word why, as I've already said, there are some times when that is necessary. So in order to not sound like a weirdo, practice one or two easy ways to get around the word and just leave it at that, right? Don't go into every conversation feeling like you've got to now rework it, figure it out, do the mental gymnastics, because like I said, you will get weird. It's just going to happen, right? You'll sound like robots and we just don't want to do that. Have one or two phrases lined up in your arsenal, ready to go, so the second you find yourself wanting to ask the word why, you've got something else to say instead, which for me is, what is your reason for, and then move on. Because think about it, we don't want to sound like robots, because one of the best and most beautiful things that we as nurses offer is human connection. And in order to connect on a human level, we need to be a normal human around our patients. We don't want to spend so much time getting caught up in the exact nuances of what we say that we lose sight of the bigger picture, which is just connecting. So the second thing that I recommend is once we've gotten our one or two phrases down and we can just stop worrying about that, then let's get really intentional about our tone and our body language and going back to the basics. How we look, how we act, what we say and how we say it and use those four things so that we can have a connection and relationship with our patients, where if we say a word that might be less than ideal, it just doesn't really matter. All right, you guys, that's what I have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you all or talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to things we should have learned in nursing school. If you found this episode helpful. Please return the love by rating the show. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, I'd love to hear your comments, questions, or topic requests. You can email me at rachel at That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L at elevatenurses.com. I'll talk to you all next week.